again, everyone, and it is great to see you here. If you have a Bible or device, I'd invite you to turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. And if you're new to the Bible, if you would just open it up to the middle, you'll find Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. We are in, we're starting today a six-week series called The Search. It's a study of the book of Ecclesiastes. I love this book. I love it. I'm a big picture person, and this book is talking about you. It's capturing all the drama of your life as you journey through life. It's capturing the highs and the lows. The author, 23 to 3,000 years ago, lived in a world that was just like ours, a fallen world, a world that was marked by a lot of frustration. How many of you, you have frustration today? Frustrated at work or frustrated in a relationship or frustrated with the government or frustrated with your health or maybe you've got another frustration. How many of you are weary and you're just like you're going through life and some of you maybe you've been beaten up and you're just like, this, this is wearisome. Like, why go on? Like, what? I don't get it all. Well, welcome to the book of Ecclesiastes because the author is going to talk about your life, not only the ups and downs of life, but he's going to ask questions along the way. Like, what's up with that? And where do I find meaning? I'm searching for satisfaction. How can I get that in my life? Why am I here? He's asking all of these questions as he talks about your life. Folks, please realize that we are rational beings. We believe we're made in the image of God. We have the ability to think and to reason. And so we have these questions trying to make sense out of life. Some of you have younger uh, uh, kids, uh, and they usually work through that stage where they ask like 200 why questions. Anybody? Like why, why, why? Because the child is trying to make sense to understand the world in which he lives in because we are rational beings. And so the author is going to take us through this journey, not only of your ups and downs, but asking these questions. And... Uh, it's a, if you, I'm going to encourage you to read all 12 chapters uh, this week as we begin this series. It's really uh, a sermon, a 12-chapter sermon, and uh, you're going to find as you read it, if you've never read Ecclesiastes before, that it's uh, kind of a dark book. It's a negative book. It's like someone has said it's the only book in the Bible that was written on a Monday morning. So it's just like... <laughs> This guy is skeptical, he is cynical, like, what's up? You're like, well, what's up with that? It, so it's not only dark, but it's also difficult. It's like you're going to come across certain verses that seem to contradict other verses in Scripture. So, for example, Ecclesiastes 7.16. And young people, maybe this might be your life verse. Ecclesiastes 7.16. Do not be over-righteous. Neither be overwise. Why destroy yourself? Don't you love that? 
I'm not studying. Why should I be overwise? Why should I be overrighteous? It's a difficult book. To understand this sermon and the 12 chapters, as you read through the book, you need to understand a key word and a key phrase. A key word and a key phrase. And as you understand that, then it will help you to make sense of what the author wants to say. Again, I love this book. Just recently, my wife and I went to see uh, my mother-in-law, and so we hopped on 85 to the 401 to 6 to the 403 to the QEW, had a visit, hopped back on and came all the way back, partway back. I turned to her and I said, and I've shared this sentiment before, I really, I know I'm a pastor, but you know what I'd like to do? I'd like the police to give me a charge, to give me a badge, and my job would be to go through uh, all the highways and byways of uh, the roads in Ontario and be able to pull people over and to tell them, you don't know how to drive. That guy or those three cars that are crossing three lanes or four lanes and, and, and they're putting people's lives at risk, I'd like to pull them over and say, hey, listen, taking away your license until you learn how to drive, you're just going to have to think about it. You're going to have to dig deep and figure out how to, better, how to drive better. And all those people who are in the passing lane that aren't going the speed limit and there's like six cars behind them and the six cars are weaving around trying to get by, I'm like... I'm pulling you over too because you're putting people's lives at risk. You don't know how to drive. Okay, as much as I'd like that job, there's another job, if you know me, and I've shared this more than once with my wife. I would like to go around to people and say, hey, I'm pulling you over because I don't think you understand how to live life. Oh, you're busy and you're doing all of these things, but have you ever got beyond the pat answers and thought about where you came from, the question of origin. Why you're here, the question of purpose and meaning. How should you live, the question of morality. And what happens after you die, the question of destiny. Those are fundamental questions. Have you ever thought those through? Maybe you should just stop living for a moment, put down your smartphone for a few weeks, and just really think through your life. I'd love that job because I'm a big picture person. I can't do that. But there's someone that did. The author of this book, he's going to sit us down and he's going to say, Let's look at your life and how you're living. So for the next six weeks, that's what we're going to do. We're looking at your life. And today, we're going to start with a reality check. Okay, let's, let's just stop and look at how you are living your life. So Ecclesiastes chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verses 1 and 2. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem, Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Now, the takeaway for all of us today is that everything, including your life, is meaningless. Let's pray. I hope you have a great week. (laughs) We have to understand 
the key word, the key phrase. So let's back up a, a bit. Who's writing this? Notice he says the words of the teacher in the Hebrew. It's the words of the assembler, the preacher, the teacher, the philosopher. So he's gathering students around him and said, let's talk about life. I'm going to share life with you. Uh, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Uh, many would hold or, or some would hold that it's Solomon talking. And uh, the traditional view is that, that Solomon, the king who lived about 3,000 years ago, he uh, wrote the book of uh, Song of Songs when he was young. Young adult, youth person, youth, young adult. He wrote the book of Proverbs when he was middle-aged. And then later in life, after he'd done life without God and lived apart from God, away from God, came back to God, and he wrote the book in his uh, senior years, the book of Ecclesiastes. But it's interesting to note that the author never names himself. When Solomon writes the Proverbs, he says, uh, these are the, the Proverbs of Solomon. Writes the Song of Songs, he identifies himself. He doesn't hear. And there's some who believe, and I believe you can make a biblical case for it, that uh, the, the, there's someone that came along after Solomon and and said, these are the words of Solomon, and so is giving us a picture of Solomon's life. And why would that person, it was a different author, why would they pick Solomon to look at his life to speak to your life? Because if there was anybody that had a crack at life, it was Solomon. He was the goat, right? The greatest of all time. He had wisdom. He had power. He had money. He studied extensively the different disciplines of life. He wrote thousands of proverbs. He composed music. He built magnificent structures. So Solomon, if there's anybody that knew life, it was him. So whether it's Solomon or someone else writing the words of Solomon, what he said, we're looking at Solomon, and as he's journeying through life, he's going to speak to you about your life. And so he begins, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. Now, why does he repeat meaningless, if you notice there, four times? In Hebrew, in that, uh, when he as he wrote this, there's no punctuation. So today, if I'm a young person on social media and I want to highlight something or emphasize something, what do I do? I add an exclamation mark or like 10. Have you ever seen someone, 10 exclamation marks? Okay, I get you. Ooh, this is good, exciting, emphasizing something. Solomon is saying, I want you to get this. Everything, including your life, is meaningless. The key word in this book as you read it is this word meaningless. The key phrase in this book is under the sun. And under the sun, we'll get to it in just a moment, under the sun is looking at life with an earthly perspective. Everything's under the sun. There's nothing above the sun. There's nothing more in life than what we can see. It's a picture he's going to paint us of life without a God. Because life this is all we can see, and as the spirit of the age would say to us today, life is about me, right? Life is about you. You just live your life however you want to live it because this is all there is here and now. And Solomon is going to say, I'm doing a reality check for you. If life is just about the here and the now and it's just under the sun, can I tell you right now, your life is meaningless. It's all meaningless. The Hebrew word he uses is the word hevel, and literally it means breath, vapor, puff of smoke. And it's got a couple senses. The first sense is 
fleeting. So if you can imagine a puff of smoke, you know how the, the smoke, it's, it's here and then it's gone. It's fleeting, it's temporary. But also he's trying to communicate that this puff of smoke, this life we have, you can't get it. You, you just can't, it's elusive, it's mystifying, it doesn't make sense. Under the sun, which just this is all there is, you, you try to grab your life to make sense of it, and it just, it's gone. So it's short, but it's an enigma. It doesn't make sense. So he says, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. Just looking at this life, if this is all there is, it doesn't make sense. And please, before I go on, I want, I want to um, highlight that this is a book of wisdom. Just like in music, there's different classifications, right? Pop music and classical and jazz. As you read the Bible, there's different genres, and this is referred to as wisdom literature. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. So all the books of the Bible make us wise, but these three are looking at God and applying what we know of God in his ways to how we do everyday life. So this is a wisdom book. Now, if you go through the book of Proverbs, you'll find these short, pithy statements that say this. If you do this, then you can expect this. If you are honest, you can expect a good outcome. If you work hard, you can expect a good outcome. They're generalizations of life. Don't read your Proverbs believing their promises because if you do, you're going to realize, oh, God didn't fulfill his end of the contract. I'm out of here. I don't want to go to church anymore. It doesn't work. They're not promises. They're Proverbs. They're generalization of, generalizations of how life works. So if you want to become wiser, you read the Proverbs because it's going to make you better. It's going to make you healthier. Ecclesiastes are all the exceptions. Oh, it's a good thing that you're working hard, but there's times it doesn't lead to a good outcome. Oh, it's good that you're honest, but there's times it doesn't lead to a good out outcome. In fact, it's hevel. You can't make sense of it. So if this is all there is as we go through life, we see, as Solomon saw, hevel everywhere. We see a good person getting what an evil person deserves. We see an evil person getting what a good person deserves. That's hevel. We see a couple that want to get pregnant, and they can't. And then we see another couple that doesn't want to get pregnant, and they do. That's hevel. We see people that are experiencing justice, and there's corruption by those in power. That's hevel. We see some young family killed by a, a drunk driver in their minivan. That is hevel. So Solomon is saying, when you look at your life, if we're doing a reality check, it's all meaningless. Okay, is everybody kind of getting depressed right now? Okay, that's good. That's how we want you to feel. Okay. Verse 3. What do people gain from all their labors? Notice he's going to ask questions throughout this book. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil? There's that phrase, under the sun. Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. What do you gain when it's all said and done at the end of your life? Like what? What's the payoff? 
if this is all there is, what do you gain? He says, I want you to do a reality check. You've got so much pressure and stress in your life, and yeah, you're so important, but at the end of the day, what do you gain? And he uses, he talks about generations come and generations go. And to me, it's a picture, I've used this picture before, and I want to use it sparingly because I know it can be a bit jarring, okay? But this helps me with this picture because I remind myself as I go through life of it quite often is that we're all on a conveyor belt. Probably got about five generations here today. Builders, boomers, Gen X. I know we don't sometimes like these labels. Gen X, millennials, Gen Z. There we go. There we go. Now, the odd time, someone of a younger generation dies before someone of the older, older generation, and we're like, that's Hevel. That doesn't make sense. And so what Solomon wants to say is, I want to remind you, reality check in your life, that eventually you're just, you're done. And nobody's going to remember you. He says, think back to the generations before you. They've just come and they've gone. And, and that's how it's going to be. All the while, the earth is still spinning. All the while. So I want to ask you, what's your, what's your game? Like, why are you, young people, why are you going to school? Why are you trying to attain an education? Like, why? Oh, I want to get a, I want to get a job so I can make some money. Okay, well, after you get a job, make money. Well, I want to make some money so I can buy a house or a car or so I can travel or so I can build my social media empire and have a lot of people like me. Okay. And what happens after that? Okay. And then after that, and then after that, okay. And then what? You die. Can I tell you something? It's all hevel. Can't get it. Think about all the people today in our world, all the doing stuff to try to make our world better. Think of the scientists and researchers trying to find a cure for cancer. Think about diplomats in different countries trying to keep countries at peace. Think about people marching in parades, standing up for human rights and all, you know, standing up for justice. And Solomon says, you can do all of that. But in the end, it's all hevel. It's meaningless. Verse 5, he's going to talk to us and confront us with this reality. Nothing changes. While we're doing all that, nothing changes. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. Same old, same old, nothing changes. Think about this for a moment. The sun that Solomon looked at is the same sun that you and I are looking at. Generations come and go, but the earth remains. It's still spinning around the sun. We just come and go. Look at the sun. Same sun, sun that Moses looked at, Abraham, Mary and Joseph. I said this at the first service. Christmas is coming. If you have your Christmas decorations up, take them down today. It is still October. <laughs> 
Same sun doing what it does. Did something really come from nothing and that something just happened to be 93 million miles away from us and that something just has a certain function so that we're all alive? The sun is still doing its thing. It's got gravity so that our planet will stay in orbit as we circle the sun another 584 million year, uh, uh, miles this year. The sun is still radiating heat and light, giving off solar energy. The sun is grade eight. You remember photosynthesis. It's still doing all of its stuff. He wants us to understand that in the bigger picture, there's stuff going on, but no, we're just coming and going. The sun, the wind, lots of commotion with the wind. You know, it's blowing this way one day, blowing another direction the other day. All this activity, just the same old, same old. Even the waters and the oceans filling and empty. It just on and on it goes. I would add, you, you load your dishwasher, you empty your dishwasher. You load your dishwasher. Ever had that thought? How many times in life am I going to load my dishwasher only to have to empty it? Again, just repetitive. He wants us to get that sense of round and round we go. Been there, done that. Here we go again, over and over, this endless repetition. So you're not only feeling how brief your life is in trying to make sense of it, you can't make sense of it, but he wants you to understand that even when you go, things are just going to continue on. It's all hevel. Verse 8. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. Just as you're going through life, like it's weary, you just, you look at screens, right? You, you watch a movie, you, you watch a TV show, endless scrolling, okay? And then, oh, you want some more the next day. And then what you hear, you're listening to a podcast or uh, or a playlist or an audiobook, and you hear it but then you still want more. It's never satisfied. Nothing changes. And then he's like, I want to remind you, reality check, nothing's new. As you're just doing your little journey through life, nothing's new. Verse 9, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. Uh, to which we would respond to Solomon, oh, Solomon, we've got the iPhone. <laughs> That's new. <laughs> I think, are we at iPhone 14 right now? 14? <laughs> we've got the iPhone. You didn't have that, Solomon. Oh, and uh, just another thing, we've got gummy bear vitamins too. <laughs> Someone has said that technology Really, all it is is an extension of ourself. So true, right? Like we, we see, we listen, we work. What does the iPhone do? Seeing, listening, working. It's just an extension of our bodies, right? It's the same old, same old. As human beings, we see, we, we, we hear, we live, we eat, we die. It's nothing's new. Then he says, Reality check, nothing's remembered, including you. Verse 11, no one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. How's that for an inspiring message for you today? <laughs> 
says, think back to your great, 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 great grandfather. What was her name? Oh, you don't remember. Can I remind you that if you just look ahead, if things go as, you know, as they continue as on and on, nobody's going to remember you. Teens, here's my little gift to you today. Monday morning, and maybe it's your mom, hey, it's time to get out of bed. You've got to go to school. And you can say, hey, mom, read your Bible. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 1. Nothing changes, nothing's new, and nothing's going to be remembered. I'm going back to sleep. That's <laughs> biblical. <laughs> Solomon's saying it's all just smoke. You're going to come and go, and the earth is going to keep on doing its thing. Verse 12, I, the teacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. So Solomon, really, he's like off to the side of the road. He's like, I'm doing a deep dive into what the meaning of life is. I'm trying to answer these questions in this broken, fallen world. And then notice there's just this little hint that maybe there's more than just the sun. Maybe there's something beyond the sun. Oh, maybe there's a God that has laid this burden on us for a reason. And then verse 14, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. All the things, notice the phrase, under the sun, just what we see, this is all there is, earthly perspective. All the things under the sun are hevel, meaningless, including your life. And notice he says they're all a chasing after the wind next week when we talk about chasing carrots. It's a phrase that speaks of the despair of it all. Chasing the wind is a, is, is a symbol of his despair. So he's like, that's the reality check. He says, not only is there nothing that you're going to show for all your effort under the sun, but there's nothing you can do to fix it. I can't fix it. You can't fix it. What's crooked can't be straightened. What's lacking cannot be counted. What Solomon is doing is he's forcing you, he's forcing to look at our lives, to stop back from all the activity and say, wait a second, what is life all about. Instead of getting distracted and just busy, 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 and I got pressure and I got to do this, like, do a reality check. And he's saying, when you do the reality check, you'll find that your life is meaningless. Don't kid yourself. I mean, you can say that you have a purpose. You know, we hear all the time, create your own meaning, your own purpose. Everything's within inside of you. You can do that if it makes you feel better. But at the end of the day, they're not telling you the truth. The truth is, it's all hevel. Let's close in prayer. Almost 12 chapters, Solomon is going to say, here's what life is like under the sun, if this is all there is. He's going to make us sit through all of his observations and his questions. But because I want to be a kind pastor, 
I'm not going to wait five weeks to tell you where he ends up. Because as you read through this book, he hints at maybe there's a God above the sun. Oh, when you're enjoying good gifts, because there are good gifts in life, other from the hand of God. But it isn't until the end of his sermon that he gives us the whole picture. So today, don't leave with just part of the picture that your life is meaningless. Get the whole picture. So what does he say? Verses 13 and 14 of chapter 12. So if you go right to the end of his sermon. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. So you've been listening to me tell you the conclusion that life is meaningless, but now I'm going to pull back the curtain and help you to see a different conclusion. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. He's saying, and he tells us in this book, God has set eternity in our hearts. We know there's a sense of something beyond what we can see, that there's a God who is out there, something that is out there. He, like his father David, knew that that God in the bigger story was going to send a Messiah to help deliver people from hell. We, years later, know the whole story, and we know the Messiah is Jesus Christ. We know the bigger story that someone defeated the hell. That the one who has set eternity in your heart to say, hey, I think there's more than just I can see. I think there's like more going on. That God, he came and did something with the hevel. In fact, Jesus said it this way, in this world, you will have trouble. You're going to have unresolved questions as you go through life. You're going to have pain and sorrow and things aren't going to make sense to you. You're going to try to make sense of your life, but they're not going to make sense. In this world, you will have hevel. But take heart, don't quit. Get out of bed in the morning because I have overcome the world. On a cross 2,000 years ago, Jesus made a penalty. He paid a penalty so that you and I could be forgiven and made right with this God so that we'd be in this relationship with a God who is making a new heaven and a new earth, an eternal age. And in that place, in that day, there will be no more hevel. That God entered into our meaninglessness. So today, if you're here and you are living your life with an under-the-sun perspective, because we see people all around us, it's just the here and now, according to Solomon, don't kid yourself. Your life without God is inconsequential, meaningless, pointless, useless, empty, irrational. Try to escape not thinking about your death. Try to escape the whole trying to figure things out. Just go and do something. But Solomon says, no, that's not the whole story. There's a God, and he is to be feared. We take him seriously and do what he says. And again, we're not teaching works righteousness because Solomon, like David, knew the Messiah was going to do something for us. But the reality is, with this God, Everything we do matters. 
With this God, there is hope for you. With this God, there is meaning for you. With this God, there is satisfaction for you. And the answer is not under the sun. It's in the one who rules over the sun. So today I want to challenge you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that you would realize how easy it is to fall into an under-the-sun mentality, thinking life is about me, and that you would remind yourself today in the next five weeks that life is about God, and without Him, it's all meaningless. And then if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, would you do a reality check, even this week, if not today, and say, what is my hope? What ultimately is the meaning of me? Because I'm going to go, and nobody's going to remember me. There's hope. Put your hope in Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite you to stand, and we're going to sing a song that's the good news. For God so loved the world, we're going to sing about the bigger picture. And may God speak to you this week as you think about these things.